Hey, 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 welcome to Sugar Coated, the podcast that is bringing you new topics in a mini series style. I'm excited to be kicking off this new segment, the relationship series. This episode is with a very special guest, so let's get into it. I never wanted to be married. I'm sure I said that before, but here he is, my husband, the man that broke down all my walls. Sometimes I'm stuck sitting here thinking, how? (laughs) Well, you're going to hear it straight from the man himself, how we deal with each other's difficulties, what we love, what it is like being in a biracial relationship, and just a little bit about us, the Northingtons. Enjoy. This is your first podcast experience, babe. It's going to get hot in here. That's fine. You didn't turn that sexual. That's surprising. Usually everything's sexual. It's not true. It's not? No. It's <laughs> such a bad lie. Okay. It's not. I, like, a couple times a day, maybe. A couple it. times a day? I, I make an innuendo or something. Oh, my God. That is... <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. I, I don't think you would think I did one at all today. That's right. You didn't. You're right. I'll give you today. The rest of the week has been questionable. Been really horny. (laughs) Surpassed the four-day limit. By a long ways, I feel like. (laughs) All right, let's get this podcast started. I'm I'm doing the podcast. (laughs) Shout out to Ashley. So, I'm excited because how long have I been trying to get you to do this? I I don't know how long you've been berating and, and punishing me for not doing your podcast. I have. That's exactly right. I'm not sure. Been getting out the whips and chains. You were very, very, very against doing this podcast. Is it because you're a homeboys? Is it your brother? No. Worried about what, what the big G will say? Definitely not. <laughs> I have been, y'all, I have been trying to get my husband to sit down with me. It's been like pulling eyelashes with a freaking tweezers he does not want to do it but i won yay (laughs) are you gonna be quiet the whole time no babe what thank you good thank me later oh okay feisty so this is our first episode and probably the last together you didn't have to do the head nod though that was a little little extra that was cocky a little cocky i would like for you to tell everybody a little bit about yourself Okay. I grew up in a small town in Oklahoma. Super tiny town. It's called Duncan, where Halliburton started. Most people know Halliburton from Dick Cheney and all that. Big Mm. oil drilling supply company. Uh, I'm a voice systems engineer. That is fancy as hell. What's a voice systems engineer? Because when we first met and you told me that, I was like, what? So for the people out there, what is a voice systems engineer in gen terms? Voice systems are like the systems that phones connect to in layman's terms. So your phone doesn't, in and of itself, it's just an endpoint. It doesn't really do anything on its own without being connected to the uh, higher level systems. That's still really complicated. So I've been with you for how long? Ten years. This is, a, I think this is a point of contention for Jesse because I still don't know exactly what he does. So when people ask me, I'm like, you know the automated systems that you hear when you call credit card companies? He does those. He configures them and fixes them and builds them. Is that right? Or That's am I part of it. 
Am I telling people, am I way Yeah, that's base? part of it. Those are called yes. IVRs, Integrated Voice Response or Integrated Voice Recognition. Systems and applications that you can interact with over the phone. Those are IVRs. Those, so it's a tiny portion of what you do. That's part of it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So you're smart. You're smart. We got it. <laughs> and then most of you know by now, if you have heard the About Me episode five, if you haven't, then I am from New Jersey, about 15 minutes outside of Atlantic City in a suburb called Acreber Township, but most people don't know EHT and everybody knows Atlantic City. So I usually just say I'm from Atlantic City, but for those who are there, I'm not. Nobody knows about Duncan. So I just say Duncan. Yeah. <laughs> look, you guys have Google, right? Right. Just look it up. I moved to Austin, Texas when I was 21 with my now 16 year old and you moved to Austin, Texas. Let's see I moved here in 03. What did you move here? Was it 09? So I got out of the Marine Corps in 99. So I Dang, I graduated in 99. I joined the Marines right out of high school and did five years. And two days after I got out, I moved to Dallas. So I, my older brother and my younger brother moved to Dallas. Gabe had been in the Marine Corps for four years, and he got out before me. Yeah, I moved in with them. And I don't know, you know, what to do next, really. After the Marine Corps? Yeah, Gabe... I thought they set you up with jobs and stuff. Nah. Really? Nah. But didn't you go to, isn't what you're doing now, didn't you learn in the Marine Corps? Uh, very, very, very roughly. And then what, you just furthered it in school? Yeah, so, um, I, I was a telephone and switchboard repair, uh, in the Marine Corps, and I did parlay that into a career in telecommunications, um, and then eventually got on with GTE right before... They merged with Bell Atlantic and became Verizon. So, when did you move to Austin? What year was it? 2008. 2008. That, I think, is where our story begins. We both met at work. So, my first day was June 26th. Oh, he remembers the date. 2008. <laughs> Jennifer was the receptionist. She was immediately all out of sorts. What, well, because you walked in? Mm -hmm. I need you to stop it right now. Like, what are she you... Couldn't, <laughs> she couldn't, couldn't find things. She Wait a, a minute. Mess. That's not because you walked in. Oh, girl. that's just your regular state of being? No, it nah. was because that day I couldn't find the camera. Okay, so he came in for his orientation, and it was part of my responsibility or task to do all of the new hire badges. And so when they come in, you take a picture, you process the badge, and when they get out, you're supposed to have it. Well, I couldn't find the stupid camera, and I was all pissed about that. And he actually remembers more of that story than I do. Cause she was fine with it, because then I was going to have to come back later. What? <laughs> I am so glad that everybody could hear how full of shit you are, <laughs> <laughs> because I can't even deal. Jesse was the one who was enamored with moi yours truly <laughs> <laughs> it, it is true that mm. your first day i was very frustrated and i could not find the camera and i was like you're just gonna have to come back and whatever i had my whole jersey going on still so i forget really because it's been so long like what like the chain of events after all i remember is you were working in it and yo when Je like back then jesse was what I call super nerd. Like he wore the two big khaki pants. 
your pastel Easter color polo shirts with a little alligator. What is that company? I forget. I have a little alligator right here. Lacoste. I didn't. I didn't wear Lacoste. Or it had some little symbol. Uh, those were Brooks Brothers. I think that it, it's the the lamb. You had some little animal on your <laughs> your polo shirt and your funny. hair. He would like hairspray or spike his hair up in the front. You did this like spiky thing. I have got to find a picture. Cause it got cut too short one time and then it wouldn't lay over anymore after that. Right. So he just decided to go with this spike look. And I was just like, what is this guy doing? Like, but he's super handsome. So I was like, mm, he has potential, but this wasn't until no, because that was June and my birthday was September. And so the first time I remember now because Leo came upstairs and he was talking about you. And he was like, did you see that new guy in IT? And I was like, oh, Jesse, yeah. Me and him were talking about it. He's like, we need to do a happy hour. I was trying to secretly find out for him if you were gay or not. Because we had a bet going on. I was like, there's no way in hell he's gay. And he was like, how do you know that? I'm like, he has an entire son. Like, it's just, and he's like, that don't matter, girl. And I think that mm. he was just, he was just pressed. But he was just hopeful. Wishful thinking. But anyway, so he's like, we got to invite him out on a company event. Well, we all went out for my birthday. And I invited you. And you couldn't make it. You remember that? Oh. Like the happy, there was like a happy hour or something. Yeah. And you then after that, you were like, oh, I still owe you. You kept coming up to the desk. Like, right, yeah, I still owe you for your birthday. And I was like, oh, don't worry about it. And then finally, me, you, and Leo went out. Where, what was that club on the... 219 West. Yes, we went to 219 West. And you actually dipped out early that night. We had, like, you had, like, a drink, and then you had to go. Yeah. Well, Sam was, like... He was tiny. One yeah. and a half, maybe, at the most. Yeah, so he dipped out. I won the bet, because, obviously, Jesse's super straight so after that you kept finding reasons to come back to the desk and what do you go to school for and blah blah and i still owe you a birthday lunch or some crap you said asking me what i go to school for knowing damn well you didn't care at all what i went to school for well you i think you told me that you were in school or something i was but that was totally a reason to come up there <laughs> you did not care so we went to lunch Finally, uh, you took me to this Vietnamese place, which is so funny because remember I called it pho and you were like, it's pho. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's pho. It's spelled P-H-O. And you're like, it's pronounced pho. I'd just been eating it for a while and I knew what it was called. So I was like, okay, whatever. So we went and had this Vietnamese food and it was delicious. And then after that, there were more lunches and happy hours and... Truth or dare. <laughs> I won every time, by the way, for the record. <laughs> oh my gosh, there was no truth or dare. <laughs> there were dares. Oh, that's true. Anyways, so the rest is history. There may have been a break or two in our 11 years now. There's been bumps. Bumps in the road. There's been bumps in the road, but we have been actively in each other's lives for 11 years, we started actually dating. There was a break in there. So we started actually dating summer of 09. And yeah, we've been together since. We got married April 26, 2013. You're looking at me like, if you don't get the date right, I'm going to disown you. You were thinking. I could hear you thinking. <laughs> well, I got a lot going on. <laughs> 
So yeah, we've been married for six years this April. And yeah, so that's how we met. So I remember one of our first dates. I forget where we went, though. It wasn't the Vietnamese place. For lunch? We went, no, I think it was a date. Like, we were now actually dating at this point. It was when, remember you picked me up and I had that green dress on? Yeah. Where'd we go that night? Do you remember? Specifically, I don't. I don't remember either. If we went to dinner or a movie or something. I'm pretty sure we ended up at Blockbuster on 620, though, next to H-E-B. Oh, yeah. That's right. But I don't know where we were before that. I don't either. But I do remember when the bill came, I went to go pull out my wallet, too. And you just looked at me like I had five heads. And you started laughing. And I was like, what? And you're like, who who the hell have you been dating? Because I wanted to pay off the bill. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to help. And you're like, I got it. But I thought that that was interesting because, well, to your point, and now looking back, I realized that I was dating the wrong kind of people, clearly. But it was interesting that you said it at that time. You used to tell me back then, you'd be like, I would be happy with like a Whopper. Like I could just take you to a well, fast food restaurant and you'd be, you'd be straight. I would be straight. I'm still that person. Like I don't need, th- you should know that by now. Like I'm bare men. I don't really care. Food is food. I'm more interested in like a date where we can talk and chill and connect. I don't care what's what food yeah. we're eating. Well, that's cool, like, with your buddies and stuff, but when you're courting, like, it, it needs to be a little bit more upper crust. Well, I knew nothing about courting at that time, so you were at my... Least a little bit. You were my first official courting experience, to be honest, so kudos to you. And I was, like, rough around the edges, because, like I said, I was not as... I don't know what the word is. Like, I've been in Texas long enough now where... I've calmed down and I'm older now, but back then I was very ornery and very much about being independent, <laughs> doing my own thing. and Very driven by your emotions. Emotionally driven for sure. And you used to tell me, I actually was talking to my friend about this story, when you would say to me, I'm just trying to get to the warm and squishy parts. And I was like, like when I would talk to you, we would be in conversation and I would put up my wall and you're like, I'm just trying to get to the warm and squishy parts. Mm-hmm. And when you first said that to me, I thought, what a freaking perv. Like, what the hell is he talking? Because that's exactly where I went. And I'm like, what is he talking? That is not what you say to somebody. And as the conversation further, I'm like, warm and squishy. Well, he was talking about, you know, like when people are so hard on the exterior, like a turtle, it's to protect their emotion and their heart and all the warm and squishy parts. Their vulnerability is what I was referring to. Yeah. So he was using warm and squishy as an acronym for my vulnerability. Once he broke that down to me, I thought that that was cute. It was still true. She still puts on a a tough front that you have, have, I still have to fight through it on the rig. Maybe it's not a front. Maybe that's just part of my personality. Whatever you have to tell yourself. (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) Maybe it's just part of my personality. Nah. Yeah, like I got that part. Like you have. I mean, it obviously it's part of your personality. It's not like who you are when you are comfortable enough to let your guard down, which isn't often. Yeah, it's not often. So yeah, we started on that journey, Oklahoma boy and Jersey girl. We were going to meet each other's families. This is a great story. Jennifer broke out in hives, you guys. (laughs) Because she was going to meet my mom for the first time. It wasn't your mom. Okay, whatever. No, if you're going to tell the story, tell the freaking story. We were going to... She was going to spend Thanksgiving with like my entire family. 
at my mom's house. 20 plus people so in one house. Thanksgiving on my mom's side of the family is like probably the biggest holiday. And like my, my mom, like we would park the cars in the street and the, the garage would become a bunk room for the kids. Like it was literally like mattresses lined wall to wall. Yeah. So like, so my uncle's whole family and all my cousins and my grandma and my aunt and, and, uh, my stepdad, Don, his extended family, just like, it's a free for all. It was everybody. Like that's a lot of pressure. There there were times when I went to my mom's for Thanksgiving and slept on the living room floor. There's that many people there. Yeah. So it was probably a lot of pressure for Jennifer, but for me it was totally normal. But yeah, she legit bro- like just me telling her like how it's going to be and trying to <laughs> trying to smooth it over for her like she she got so much anxiety. She, the anxiety she got a, is a real. physical rash. I did. I broke out in actual big ass hives. They were all over my arms, all over my neck. I don't know why that makes me laugh so it, I think that's <laughs> just funny as shit. I don't why know. Do you I think don't know why. Funny. I think it's so funny. My pain is your pleasure. It just it made me laugh at the time and you were a giant ball buster at the time too, but it still made me so happy for some reason that you were so freaked out and out of your comfort zone. It's just a lot of people at once. It was it was overwhelming and it was too much for me. I can't do it. It was too much. I broke out in hives. I was fine with your mom because we even called her and I was like, yeah, my whole body looks like I have Seth. Like I can't even. But looking back at it now, you, like, you know, all those people and how like non-judgmental and chill it is. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think that I thought that. I think it was just, it was just overwhelming. Yeah. It was the yeah. idea of like, all eyes were going to be on me. Even though they weren't, like, it's the new person coming in. So, yeah. all of the questions, all of, like, and for an entire weekend. That, so, no, that makes a lot of sense to me because I don't like telling the same story more than once, even if it's about me. Like, maybe even especially if yeah. it's about me. Like, if I tell a story one time, I'm done with that shit. Yeah. So, I can, that's why the prospect of, like, divorce and then re-establishing an intimate relationship with somebody is so daunting to me because I don't, I don't even feel feel like I have the energy yeah, to like, dating is to like, like tell yeah. somebody about myself over again. Like I don't want to do it. Or learn somebody all over again. That, that just sounds miserable to me. So we did the whole family meeting thing. And what was your first impression of my family? Do you remember? I don't. Not specifically. So I remember my first impressions of your mom. And her side of the family just being like, oh, they're super chill and laid back. That's cool. And then when we had to split the thing. So back then we split the Thanksgivings. So we went to his mom's house. That's another reason I broke out in hives. It wasn't just your oh, mom's right. side. It was also your dad's side. So we would go from so Ardmore. Circle back. Parents got divorced when I was in fifth grade i was 10 years old. Ever since then, Christmases and holidays, holidays are special are split up and Thanksgiving especially would be split up between my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family. So I was never able to have like a chill and relaxing Thanksgiving because we would spend two days at mom's and, and one at mama Liz's house. That's my dad's mom. Yeah. So just when you get settled in, you got to pack up and drive in two hours to Duncan. And so it was like a double trip for me. Yeah. 
and we got nice and cozy at your mom's. And then we had to go to your dad's side and his dad's funny and he can read somebody like within seconds. And so I was cool with that. But then I remember, I forget who said it, but somebody was like, oh, we got a Haitian in the family. Remember it was like, oh, so you're Haitian. Uh, we have another Haitian. Cause you're, well, you have to explain that your dad, your, your dad had, had told you basically that there was, that somebody in your family there was a, on up the line was, no, so, was Haitian. <laughs> my friend always like busts my chops about this. So when I was 18 at somewhere along the line, it was rumored that my dad's side, my dad is black and my mom's Italian. Um, that it, there was Haitian in the bloodline. Well, that has since been proven completely false. But at the time, I took my dad's word. And I just found out, like, I'm talking within the last year, that that is not the case. Yeah. Because my uncle got a DNA well, test. And my, um, my, my cousin, his wife at the time, is Haitian. Yeah, she's actually right? Haitian. So when I told her Jennifer's last name, she was like, that's not a Haitian last name. Yeah, she was right. Apparently, there's like six families in Haiti, and that's about it. Yeah. Like, everybody has like one of, you know, a dozen or less mm-hmm. last names. I didn't, I mean, who knows that? I didn't know that. Yeah, so when they said that, but I was it, just like, what? What am I getting myself into? Like, you're counting your right. Haitians? I don't understand we're assembling, what's happening here. We're assembling <laughs> Haitians into and, our family. And now I'm the only mixed wife or sister. Yeah, she didn't make it. She didn't make it. I'm the only one. So that was interesting. I was like, "Mm." but then, you know, they're totally chill, down to earth, loving people. So it just wasn't even, I think it's just, it was a a little bit of a, I say cultural difference, but that's not the word I really want to use. Um, Just being from different places, you know, to talk and stuff and get used to all of that. So with that being said, have you found in being with, being in a biracial relationship, have you found any difficulties or has that been? No to both. So I don't, it, I don't, I don't think I've had any difficulties or any, anything that I would uh, call any contentious interactions that I can think of right now. We've definitely gotten looks and well, sure. So there's like, I mean, there's, there's things right. There's at the Christmas party last year. Oh yeah. I remember that. Like I, I ended up in the bathroom with another employee and he happens to be black. And I don't, I don't know if we've ever said two words to each other, but in the bathroom, he was like, I see you, my brother. <laughs> which like, which what meant, the hell does that mean? I knew exactly what he was talking about, which meant I I see that you're with a woman of color, and now I have a different, like, I have a different respect for you. Did, was it respect, or was it like you're dating my, our women? You know how the, how that community, no, black was, community it was, I mean, you know how, like, I guess you could, you could that. turn that some kind of way, but you hear tone and, and inflection, well, and, was that and you see someone's too. face. That she was like, I did not expect you to be with her. I see you, Jesse. I forget her name. The fun one. <laughs> I was like, why do people do that? I don't I don't even remember that. Um, she said something to me at the photo booth out in the lounge. With the braids? Yeah. She had like, you know, she was with her homegirl. She wore Vans to the Christmas party. Mm-hmm. She looked, she was cool as hell. 
But yeah, she was like, I did not expect that. I think it speaks volumes to people's, um, just how they read you, you know, like somebody sees you and they think, oh, uh, well, yeah, X, I mean, Y, Z. Well, we all do that. So it's not like, it's certainly not judging anyone, you know, based on their assumptions of me from what they saw I at wonder- work, right? Well, for me, it's completely normal. I mean, you look at it, all of my friends are mixed and in biracial relationships, except literally two couples out of all my friends. And my whole family has, I've had both sides my whole life. So for me, it's completely normal. But I don't think for you it is. I think because you're from Oklahoma. I don't know. In Jersey, it's just like a big melting pot. Every sure. there's all You can find somebody who's Egyptian and Cuban. And you're like, what the hell? How'd that happen? Because it's like a new type of relationship. Have you had to learn how to like be politically correct? I know that's your favorite thing. No. So, um, actually this is the reason why I got into an interracial relationship is so that I could be less politically correct. (laughs) So you can say my wife, my kids and my wife are black. Yeah. So that when, so that no matter, basically no matter what I say, I have an out. No, you don't have an out, though. <laughs> you still have to be careful what you say. Especially since you have biracial kids. Uh, and so, since you have biracial children, so my son, y'all, his stepson is Puerto Rican, black, and Italian, and my daughter is black, Italian, and whatever Jesse's mixed with. Ashley said plain white. Yeah, whatever. Anglo-Saxon, European. Yeah white right yeah so scottish german just like in your daily life or ever at all do you think about issues concerning um amir and kiana and how you'll have to handle that like there's the whole minority issue with the cops for amir and even just in general like him being the age he's at roaming the streets whatnot yeah well i think about it a lot really well i I know that it's it's hard enough um to be amir's age right like we were talking yeah. about it tonight that we've raised him his whole life to be independent. Well, now he's trying to be independent and we're yeah. trying to make sure that he still respects our rules while he's doing any whatever he wants to do because he's trying to be independent. That's com- confusing for him, I'm sure. I worry about kids. Kids are mean and more ignorant than most other people walking the earth. Yeah. So I'm, I worry about that and them getting, you know, a low self-esteem or a bad impression of themselves based on somebody else's ignorant ass opinion. Yeah. But I don't, I don't worry about much else. I think right? we have good kids. I think we're, we're instilling, I would say, trying to do our best to instill, you know, good values and ethics and just to be aware of stuff like that, even if they don't think they have to be. I worry a lot about Kiana. Because I had a lot of jealousy and hate and envy growing up as a biracial child. It, it was really, like, there was some really hard times. And so I worry about that yeah, with her. If growing up in super negative Italian household mm-hmm. wasn't bad mm-hmm. enough. But the thing is, I'm going to say, and it might sound a little ignorant, but I think it's somewhat true. I think that here in Texas, it's white, black, Mexican, and what? You know what I mean? So there's a lot of Mexicans here, but it's pretty much three races. Where yeah. in Jersey, it's just a bunch, right? And you would think there's that... There's a rack of Asians here, too. There are a rack of Asians, actually, yeah. now that you say that. But I think that maybe she might have it okay, because everyone's used to the Mexican community, and she could easily pass for that. But I don't know, because we had a lot of Latin people up on the East Coast, and well, I, I got a what lot... What does that mean, though, that like she's... People will assume that she's Mexican and that will make it okay. Yeah, that's exactly what that means. How does that make it okay? She'll fit in with somebody. 
At least you won't be ostracized by everyone. She'll fit in with somebody. Yeah. That's what you mean? Yes. Yeah, I won't be like that. I hope it's not because it was like that for me. I worry more about like if I'm doing the right thing because I can't control what happens out there. So I have to control the things that I tell them. Yeah. And, and the things that I teach them and the tools that I give them to handle that. But I can't I can't be there and control that and, and still be um, effective at teaching them how, how to be functioning members of society and, and to give their lives meaning. I, I can't do that. All, I can't be there all the time, so I have to focus more on what I'm capable of, of instilling. Because it's, I mean, we talk about this all the time, too. I'm there less than the whole rest of the world every day, right? Mm-hmm. I'm there maybe three or four hours, five tops, and yeah. the whole rest of the world is there for at least eight. So I'm, I'm losing... The, the time battle every day so I have to try to be effective um, in, in that short amount of time yeah with spending time and, and teaching and instilling and hopefully combating you know neg- any negativity or, or attacks on their their self-esteem I just think that I worry about the things that I went through because it had yeah. a huge effect on me and so I see her starting to come into some of those issues and I am not loving it so but to your point, we have to just work overtime and together. Well, and you're the mom too, so you you're supposed to worry. But somehow it's yeah, somehow emotionally it's harder for you to separate and to not be overprotective is like like that's, that's just not an option. Yeah, that you can't do that, but because it's bad for them and it's bad for you. So, but you would like to, you'd like to be able to put a force field around them. But I would love to be able to. Yeah. While still allowing them to see the world. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I think that's what every mom wants, but it's just not. It's not reality. Right. There. So all of us are vulnerable, right? All of us have vulnerability, and that's that's part of who we are. And if you took it away, we wouldn't be. We wouldn't be those people. Yeah, that's so true. All right. So are you ready for some Q and A? No. <laughs> You're so anti. Oh, he's not really this anti all the time. <laughs> Okay. Well, this is my only ever podcast. Well, who's going to invite you on a podcast, Bill? People like me. <laughs> People do like you. I could, there's no telling. <laughs> Anybody. Could I get, could, after I this could, one, I might be getting a I could be in invited on a podcast tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, it's, especially after this drops. <laughs> You're such an ass. All right, let's go to some Q&A from our listeners. I have read maybe two of these, so these are going to be a surprise to me. I did that purposely, intentionally. Okay, got it. Okay, so we got, what are we doing with and in our lives? <laughs> I guess this was from somebody who hasn't seen us in a while. So what are we doing with and in our lives? We are working, parenting, and Taking doing... as many vacations as possible. <laughs> right. Without going bankrupt. We are trying to do the homeowner thing and make our house look better. We are searching for houses and pretending like we want to move. <laughs> right. We want a new house, but we just don't want to move. Yes, that's exactly correct. Like if we could just knock our whole house down and build here, that would be awesome. Not really. It's not big enough. Right. But that's in a nutshell what we're doing with and in our lives. I mean, nothing's really, nothing significant has happened. The daily hustle. Yeah, just like we're working. I've been at my job for two years. I actually think I had an anniversary recently. Really? I didn't get a cake or anything. Damn, that's messed up. Yeah, I'm going to fuck somebody up tomorrow when I go into the office. (laughs) I hope you're listening. Oh my gosh. But yeah, so I've been I've been at my job for two years and that keeps me busy. There's a lot going on. Oh yeah, there. I guess that's new in the past two years. 
Um, and your job. I got a new job. Yeah, your job's more recent than that. Kiana's gonna start kindergarten in like Kiana's two weeks. Kiana's gonna start kindergarten. That's so sad. Amir is um driving. He does not have his license yet, but he's driving. Yeah, he's and gonna so... be a junior. Sammy's going into seventh grade. Yep. And he and he plays the saxophone. Oh, we live football. Yeah, and he's really into football. So he's he played flag football at the end of the school year last year. And I think he's gonna try to play organized football this year. Uh, so this might be his last year in band because I think he's wanting to replace it with sports. Mm-hmm. Kiana's in ballet and tumble, and you know we're just doing the yeah ballet doing and gymnastics the thing called life. So that's what we're doing. Did you guys start going to a different church or service? <laughs> no. No, we did not. No, we did not start. And I, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> we are not going to a different church or a different service. Next question. Not even once at all. Okay, um, but that's not to say that we all of a sudden are Satan worshippers. So, I will do a podcast no, on that we're another day. Not all of a sudden, Satan worshippers. <laughs> Shut the hell. Slowly. Shut up, Jesse. He's joking. Gradual. Okay, Jesse, what is your ten year plan? Wow. What is your 10-year plan? Upgrade this ring? What Just kidding. What year is it? <laughs> it's 2019, okay. sir. My 10-year plan would be to eliminate all of my debt, start one or multiple new businesses, and uh, create streams of income therein, probably like you know, real estate and retail and those kinds of things. I make money when I'm not sitting at my laptop. Outside of that, uh, yeah, buy land and, and build a house. If I make enough money, that would be the, our second house. But ultimately, we want to move away from uh, suburbia. He's trying to make me a country girl, y'all. It's, that process is complete. Only, <laughs> only The only step that I have left is to, is to get her out of town. She's you. all ready for it. I am. I'm over it. She used. I used to talk to her about these kinds of things, and she'd be like, how far is the grocery store going to be away? And she's, she's like, oh, no, I, I, could so never, I, I could never do this and that in 10 minutes. Oh, my God. So true. Like I said, I've indoctrinated her into my way of thinking. Single-handedly. On, on that. Okay. I think that's about it. Next question. <laughs> Who says I'm sorry first after an argument? It used to be Jesse. I used to be very stubborn, and I would never admit fault. But I think now... And you can jump in at any time. I think we're both pretty good at apologizing. I, I think we've reached a point in our relationship where some things are just not worth it. Anymore. You know what that's called? <clears throat> Growth. Yeah, I think we've gotten a lot better at uh, prioritizing peace over victory. And Yeah. <clears throat> Honestly, the thing about it is that there there really is no victory in an argument because you're a unit. And... When things aren't right, everything else falls, right? So then the kids feel it, and you're just, your days are off, and it's just like a chaotic and volatile it, yeah, it messes environment. Up, it messes up your whole, like, your ability to think. And yeah, and it's just else. not healthy for, like, who cares? Like, yeah. so you're so, arguing over, and if you're not arguing over abuse, uh, cheating, or you stole some money and didn't tell me about it, or embezzled, or something, like, everything else is pretty much what if, bullshit. What if I did tell you I stole some money? I'm just saying, school then no but if it's not something significant and worth actually arguing about then the rest is just bullshit and so there's really no reason to disrupt your peace 
yeah. over something so trivial. So I think these days, I know I have grown a lot. And yeah, I'm just like, I I'm think, sorry that I was shitty today. So. I think we've learned an important lesson. If you rob a bank, tell your wife immediately and she won't really get <laughs> mad at you. Oh, Jesse, I cannot stand you right now. <laughs> okay, next question. Tell what, your friends. <laughs> what do y'all love most about each other? Question. Why are we pausing on this question like this? Like it's hard well, to answer. What well, the hell? So uh, a person is not just like one thing. So. I know what I love most about you. What I love most about Jesse is that he is a teacher. I think that that's one of the things that, but he is very wise and in a lot of ways. And I'm not talking like book smart right I mean like he he has a lot of wisdom and he um he has an ability to guide you in the right direction even if you don't want it or need it so I really probably love that the most about you and I love that you are when do I do that all the time I don't even think you I don't even think you notice that you do it but you do you do it all the time I just think it's like without thought part of your character and you, you don't just do that with me you do it to everybody like you're always spitting out some line that's like the old owl from Winnie the Pooh <laughs> <laughs> so that and I love that you're passionate he's very passionate which sometimes can be something I actually don't appreciate but for the most part I admire your passion yeah Passion can can backfire, but it's not boring. Right. You're not off the hook. <laughs> it's your turn. <laughs> what do you love most about Jennifer? Well, you're for sure passionate. <laughs> you can't steal my <laughs> answers, Jesse, and use them sarcastically. Well, it's not. I'm not being sarcastic. It's true. But you can't steal my answers, babe. This is what he does, y'all. He tries to do me. I love that she almost always puts other people before herself. And she does it subconsciously and, like, not expecting anything in return. That's, like, without thought. She tries to take care of her friends and her friends' kids and our whole family, obviously. Sometimes I have to put the brakes on it because she tries to take care of me too much. And in a, in a lot of ways, like, you know, between trying to do... um more than any one human is capable of doing between cooking and taking care of the kids and the house. I don't know how not to do that. I know. Like I said, it's thoughtless. Loyalty, I think, is underrated. And that's one of the things that comes naturally to you that doesn't come naturally to a lot of people. And I don't think it's, it gets enough appreciation. You're sweet. Thank you. That was a good question because it got me in the feels, man. <laughs> All in the feels. <laughs> Next question. How do you handle differences in your personalities? We fight about it. <laughs> Hands down. <laughs> we argue. Why do you do that? It's yeah, stupid. Right. We definitely argue and then we explain. I think that differences in personality a lot of the times boils down to perception and where I took something one way, he meant intended another way, and yeah. vice versa. So we're getting better through just, the arguments. Just a general, like, we both, so, like, I am less inclined to confrontation 
I'll call it, so more passive. So I won't say anything until something really is on my nerves. Yeah, that's true. You bottle up, and I say so, everything at the time. I'm just yeah. like, diarrhea the phone. So when, when I do say something, I'm usually pissed by then, and it comes out abrasive, right? So like, like I'm at my breaking point, you know, whatever it is. Goes off about the noodle on the counter. Yeah, the... the <laughs> whatever it is i'm not like hey babe you know next time can we do it this way instead i'm like what in the fuck about this noodle like a whole thing and i'm like whoa calm down so that's a thing like what's the problem man i'm trying to to work on right like uh stating having a problem statement before it becomes just a really negative screaming match kind of thing I i feel like you've gotten better at it maybe so you'll address it right then and there, but it's still with like kind of hostility. Well, like, why do you do that? Yeah. So and I'm like, Calm well, down. and that's, that's part of my like insecurity with uh confrontation in the first place. Like I, confrontation makes me uncomfortable. So I'm not naturally going to calmly and collect, about collectively it. just like bring up an issue that I know is going to be an argument. I, I have to be conscious of my tone and inflection. And sometimes when I feel like I'm just talking, you'll tell me for sure that I'm being aggressive like when I don't think that I am or d- and have no intention of being I think communication is how you handle differences after you argue yeah, you have to... <laughs> after we argue well, but we don't I don't I feel like we used to get into explosive big giant arguments that were I just don't have time for the, all that well, anymore like what you what you said earlier though is very relevant arguments are something that somebody win that's not a conversation where you're seeking to understand another person an argument is no one's listening in an argument they're trying to win if you want peace more than you want to win then you need to listen and then you need to make sure that you understood what you heard and restating. have an open mind too because everybody's not going to think like you generally right. you not you, so you, you have to you have to seek to understand like you successfully understand their position then from there potentially you could state your position but you have to despite what they might have said understand what they mean before you come up with a response so next question what is the hardest part of your marriage i would say the hardest part of our marriage when would be when our balance is off if we're both overwhelmed with work or chores or dealing with the kids and we're not in sync at the time, when we're not on the same page. Having balance is the hardest part. It's so easy to fall into a routine of kids and jobs and house and chores and bills and kids and jobs and house and chores and bills mm-hmm. and to, yeah. to the point where, like, you're not even in a relationship with anybody. You're just doing it. You're, like, roommating. You're doing a daily chore. When we do uh, take time out for ourselves and remember who we are and why we got into this relationship to begin with, we are fine. When we don't pay attention to each other because we're so busy just taking care of everything else in the world other than our relationship, yeah. which is real easy to do because those are real responsibilities. Staying focused on maintaining our relationship and putting time and effort into it, I think, is is one of the most difficult things giving, given all of the additional responsibilities and stressors that that ultimately take us away from each other. The kids probably being the cornerstone of the stressors steal time and intimacy away from our relationship yeah that's actually another question so you led right right into that one i would say the biggest stressor is the children and not in a way that like oh my god we have these kids not in that way 
but the kids take a lot of quality time slots away. And so people... Sexual energy is what she means. The kids... Well, just not even sex. Like huge cock blockers, you guys. <laughs> just not even no the kids, No one though, ever babe. gets laid I mean, with kids. That is... You I'm better just... stop like you don't ever get laid. <laughs> That is just, listen, I have to have a calendar. It is not as often as it could be if the kids were By that, he means every two days versus every kids were four to five constant, days. Yeah. Oh, my God. Twice a week on a good week. The kids are <laughs> cock blockers. Babe. So, they are, though. But it was, not intentionally. They're just I, kids. I think the last time we actually got down... They legit interrupted the last time, and that was like a good week ago, and hasn't happened since. Why not? Because it's it fucked it up. That's why not. No, because it's we've been busy. Yeah, busy not having sex. <laughs> busy, busy taking busy, care of the house. Yeah, busy avoiding. <sighs> so the biggest stressor for Jesse is sex. It's you're the, making it sound nah. like you're out here going months at a time without booty. No, we need you to clean we've it up. We've been very specific about the frequency already. Yeah, it's every four days, and if four days rolls around, he acts like it's been two months. That's not my schedule. Yes, it is. You start getting cranky as shit, and you can tell. Like just your whole the way you walk changes. <laughs> you're Okay, crippled. You need your. I need a hit. <laughs> oh my gosh! But yes, the kids are a big stressor because Kiana, like earlier, she was knocking in the middle of this podcast. It just it doesn't end, and people are like, "Oh, well, you just tell them don't come in this room." Da-da-da. Okay, we've tried that. My sixteen-year-old literally knocked on the door on purpose. Like we have sixteen, twelve, and five, y'all. So there is no. You know what I mean? It's like if the 16 and 12 are occupied, the five-year-old's not and vice versa. So biggest stressor in our marriage, sex and kids. <laughs> oh my gosh. What is your favorite date activity or I or ideal weekend? Ideal um, weekends, kid-free. Uh, yeah, ideal weekends. At a winery. It's got to be kid-free and it has to, yeah, it has to be out of town. That's pretty much the only criteria. So we go to Fredericksburg probably twice a year. We love going out there. It's if for those of you who don't know, it's Texas wine country. There's wineries and breweries and restaurants. It's just so cute. It's like a quaint little town with boutiques and they have cute little cottages that you can stay in over the weekend. It's liberating. It's the freedom of not having to wake up at a certain time and get yeah. somebody breakfast or and go you're, to work. You're out of town, but you're not like it's an hour and a half, two hours tops drive. We, I love Fredericksburg. Agreed. It's such a cute little getaway. So for those of you in Texas, I've said it before, I'll say it again, go away with your boo and go to Fredericksburg because it is such a cute little experience. Uh, what is your definition of cheating? What is my definition of cheating? All the things. <laughs> All the things are cheating. Don't look, don't touch, don't feel, don't taste. Outside of the obvious, which is intercourse. If you are emotionally connected to somebody else, or you are absorbed in something else so much so that it takes away from your current partner, that is my definition of cheating. Why do people need that defined? If it, if it hurts you 
and you're not just being immature about it, then it's probably cheating. You need to be honest with yourself in that case. If you can't do it in front of your husband or your wife or whomever your partner is, right. it's cheating. If so you like, wouldn't do it with them in the room, then you don't need to be doing it, period. So having having a conversation with with a coworker, totally cool, but telling your intimate secrets to you know someone, it's, yeah, that's probably a problem. That's a problem for those of you who needed to know. I hope that everybody has learned some things about us Northingtons. I'm a Northington. I try to um, convince Jesse to let me just use North. Jennifer North because Northington is so long <laughs> and he was like hell no you're getting all these letters <laughs> I've had to live with those 11 letters my whole life but I did it's been it's time for somebody else to pick up some of that weight it's been six years and I still cannot sign Northington I just scribble the shit I just I've, can't even sign it well you've seen my yeah my attempt at a signature well thank you babe for finally doing this podcast. What should we name this episode? Jesse Rocks. Meet the Northingtons. Meet the Northingtons. Like meet the Fockers. Yeah. I like knowing the Northingtons. You think that's big gay? Yeah. <laughs> really stupid. Should let somebody else name these episodes. <laughs> Thanks for your feedback. And with that, we are out. Love you, babe. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll catch you next time. Peace. You have listened to an episode of Sugar Coated, and remember, new episodes air every Wednesday. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcast. I will be your bestie for life for a five-star review. And if you love this episode, share it with a friend. I want to hear from you. So be sure to hit me up on Instagram or Facebook at Sugarcoated Podcast, where you can follow for all the latest updates. Catch y'all next Wednesday. Peace.